0: America is a troubled land faced with crisis upon top of crisis, trouble upon top of trouble, and problem upon top of problem. Economic problems, political problems, moral problems, and most important of all, race problems. The biggest and most serious problem confronting the world, confronting America, is her race problem. The presence of 20 million so-called Negroes, who today are crying for citizenship, crying for civil rights, crying for recognition, crying for human rights, and crying for human dignity. And this cry of these 20 million black people who are here in America has been heard throughout the world and is causing great embarrassment to come upon America today because she is uh, uh, depicting herself or presenting herself as the
1: land of the three. Hello, everybody. This is Seattle Who. Uh, For those of you who do not know, my real name is Fred Polly, And uh, I am a UVA grad from a long time ago. And this is a special edition of the Who's Place Who cast. And I want to make clear to everybody here that I am hosting this by myself. And anything that I say here is on my own behalf and does not represent any kind of official Who's Place opinion. And the reason I say that is because the topic for this special episode is the Black Lives Matter movement and the uh, the wave of protests and the issues around that. And in particular, I want to talk about the UVA athletes, current and former, and their political activity and the voices that they've raised um, on these issues. And just to be clear, voice my support for that. And to talk about all this with me today, I have a very special guest. Um, would be Isaiah Wilkins, who's been on the show before and has graciously agreed to be on today again to talk about this. And uh, I know this is very near to Isaiah's heart, and Isaiah has been uh, politically active since he was early at UVA. I remember coming across his Twitter, maybe freshman or sophomore year, and I was attracted to it because... His retweets and likes were very interesting and very politically active. A lot of... um, Because I I think that the issue was already big then, and and so I I followed Isaiah. I usually don't follow athletes' Twitters, but I did his for that that one reason, and it's been rewarding to me now. So, um, Isaiah, welcome to the show, and and thank you for your time today.
2: Uh, Thanks, man. Thanks for having
1: me on. So, first... We all going to want to know what are you up to these days? Where are you? What's up in your life with the coronavirus and, and everything that's going on?
2: I'm uh I'm I still in Virginia now. So I'm, you know, down the road, not too far from Charlottesville. Um really been quarantined, you know, same as everybody else, quarantining. I just started working back. Uh started working out this week. Um on as far as like on the course stuff, but you know, trying to stay in shape, trying to stay positive in this time. And, yeah, I've just been hanging out.
1: Okay, um, you and everybody in your family healthy, I hope
2: yeah, yeah, everybody's good right now, everybody's solid
1: all right, good, and then you're working out are is are you just working out alone or um no, anybody I, I, else
2: I drive to to uh seaville um and I work out down there um sometimes I see some of the guys on the team around and stuff like that, but yeah I drive to seaville and work out with uh with uh Johnny
1: okay. All right. Before we get into the serious stuff, uh, you've brought up a question for me. Have you gotten to play with any of the new guys, the freshmen coming in?
2: Uh, no, I haven't. I, haven't even, I don't even think they're they're, um, they're here yet. I think okay. that they'll be here in about a, a month or something like that uh-huh. because everything is going. Usually this is the time they get here, but I think everything is pushed back. Uh, but I'll be around, so I'll probably see them and, and, and watch them work out and stuff like that when everything opens up, and then, uh, then I'll get back to you.
1: Okay. All right. That'd be great. Um, all right. So Isaiah, I, I guess I'd give you a chance to just kind of make a general statement, whatever you want to say about what the controversies mean to you personally and what you want people to think about in their own mind.
2: You know, I don't, honestly, I don't even think it takes, you know, a whole lot of thinking. I think that when you see some of the things you know going on, whether it be on social media or you know on TV or, or whatever else, I think that you should be able to just you know kind of look at that and see, man, you know that's wrong. I don't think there's a honestly I don't think there's a whole lot to like realizing that something is wrong, um, and then you get to how to how to figure out how to you know change things and so things like that, and that's kind of where you can you know you know do your research. See where you know what goes to where and stuff like that, but I mean the the, the first part is understanding like, you know, this stuff is this stuff is not you know it's wrong, it's mm-hmm. dead wrong. There's no, I don't understand the 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 controversy there.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it seems, and a lot of the the polling data says that for the vast majority of people, we're all in agreement on that first part, and I think where where consensus breaks down some is when we try to figure out what the hell to do about it Um, right now I know that some current UVA athletes I've seen on Twitter Charles Snowden a football player and Chase Coleman one of the basketball players I've seen them on on Twitter and and Charles being interviewed um, they're very active very vocal and you know, I think that that's something that you've been a part of in the past, uh, maybe with some of your teammates.
2: Yeah, so we did. Uh, we took a picture. I think that was my third year when LP was a senior. Um, you know, and a couple of other things when you know when Martise was had his um, was was assaulted by the police and um, stuff like that. Yeah, we we had, we had been. In I'm not sure that he talked to any of those guys. Like he might have, you know, come up with the stuff on his own. But in my time. Uh, we for sure did some stuff together as a team.
1: Yeah, I remember that. That's, that's the photograph where you all kneeled kneeled down on the court. Yeah. And um, if I remember correctly, there was a little bit of controversy about that. Uh, some people, some blowback.
2: Yeah, I mean, each of us had our had our own experiences, but I had some. You know, some people come up to me when they see me out, and you know, tell me how they felt about it. Um, obviously, there was a lot of support about it, but there was, you know, a good amount of pushback. Letters being written in, and uh, you know, some people weren't happy, and I, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't back off our stance. You know, nobody really changed it up, um, and for us as a team, it was, it was pretty like it just brought us so close together, um, and everybody got to learn. because you know, some people, this that. This isn't really their reality. Pretend if you didn't get on social media or, you know, watch the news, you would kind of be shocked about this. It. like I remember having a conversation with Jack being from New Zealand and him telling me that police in New Zealand don't, you know, carry weapons and, and things like that. So for him it was, you know, a bit of a shocker. But through that we were able to talk to each other and, um, you know, learn a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, like in Europe also, most police departments, they're – their officers don't carry weapons they they only have very special units that are armed and um they only come in very special situations but your your average street cop in Europe doesn't have a gun but anyway so yeah i know uh, chase made a comment that you know brought up something that i've heard in the past where he's like no i will not just shut up and dribble and i know that like Malcolm Brogdon, I remember, he's had to say, he's had people try to tell him, you know, just shut up and play, because people, a lot of people, they don't, they don't want their sports to be mixed up with unpleasant things, they want to keep it pure as an escape, and when the athletes talk up about a political issue, then it, it, it challenges that, but um, I know, it seems like in their UVA culture, it's very strong, that, like, hey, you know, we're a people, we have political views, and you know me and a lot, a lot of others. You know, recognize. Hey, look, we we're all about the whole person, and you know everybody should be speaking up for what he believes in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of you know that like you just said is the is the bottom line. I'm a I'm a I'm a you know I'm a black man. I'm a black human being before I'm a basketball player or anything else. Like I wake up every day, you know, to this. So I think that's important, and I think it's important to note that from this, like staff person like us bending all the way down. There's never been really any, for me, this is me personally, never right. been any, any pushback or, you know, trying to get us to stop or calm down. And I know he gets, he's been, um, or he's received notes, you know, asking us to, you know, make us do certain things. And he's never, I don't even think he's the one that told me that. Like, there's never been any, any, any pushback that way, nor, nor should there be. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, there's going to be a point where every one of us is done playing basketball. And we live, you know, we live here. And so you, you just got to try to make it better for the person, you know, coming after you.
1: Right. I don't know if you have you personally and had any experiences with police that that stick in your mind.
2: At UVA or in, just in the, any or like in, in your life. Yeah. My uh, my first year at UVA, I, I was walking back from uh, the corner uh, one night and mm-hmm. uh, police police. Officers rolled up on me and asked me if I went here. I was like, "Yeah, man, I go here," um and I thought that would be it. But they, you know, followed me and asked me for my student ID and all the stuff proving that I went here. And I remember going home frustrated, just like I know for a fact that that didn't happen to, you know, right. any of the anybody white that was walking home. Like, it's, there's been, you know, countless numbers of things. That's one of the, you know, I guess more mild mild things that I've, I've encountered. But yeah, I'm sure. I have, and you know, I'm sure a lot of other people have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it, you're right. It's something that I don't didn't even really think about until a few years ago. Um, I noticed that you know every time I would speak with a, you know a friend of mine who is black or some an acquaintance, you know, anybody where it seems like everybody has at least that kind of experience. It's like everybody right. who's black has been stopped or. Interfered with by the police at least once in her life when there was no reason for it.
2: Right. I was uh in my fourth year. I was it was like seven thirty in the morning. I got up, got a shower because I was about to go to class. Had an early class in the morning, and while I was in the shower, I heard a knock on the door. Jack opened the door, and there was there was a police officer there. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Police make me nervous, so I got mm-hmm. out the shower, went to my room, started changing to go to class. And Jack knocked on my door and asked, you know, the police officer wants to speak with you. I'm like, all right, I put on some clothes and he's, I'm like, yeah, how are you doing? He has a picture in his hand and it's from a, like a traffic light or something like that. Like there's a picture, it's kind of blurry. Like most of those pictures are, you can't see everything. Uh, but he's like, this is you in the car. You, you know, committed some, some type of violation uh, that you would have to go to court for. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I'm like, no, that's not me. And he's like, it is you. I'm like, that's Jack's car. That's his truck. I drive a car. Why would I be in Jack's? Like, you know, just basic things like this is not, I don't drive his car. I have my own car. Why would I be in his car? And I had to go on for like 10 minutes with him telling me that, by the way, that the tech camera took it, that you could see it with my jaw. I'm like, like, what are we talking about? No way. That doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. You can't see in the car. Like the windows are tinted. You cannot see in the car. And, you know, Jack is kind of standing there and then he realizes that, you know, it was him who, who it was like my, something minor, but it was him. He did it. And he spoke up and was like, no, no, that was me. Mm-hmm. And so, the, like, at that point, you know, I'm, I'm already irritated. I'm, I'm getting ready to go. I just took my bag and ended up going to class and Jack stayed there and talked to him. But like, it's like stuff like that, like stuff where something like basically like, no, that's not me. Just doesn't, you know, doesn't fly. It wasn't me. I have my own car.
1: <laughs> wow that is highly irregular from what i've i've heard of with those traffic cameras you you get a citation in the mail right yeah so what's he yeah. doing
2: showed up pretty early in the morning and it, it was it was something minor like it wasn't even right. anything crazy i just don't yeah it, it's like the tag the car is registered to jack It's a, all the stuff that is registered to jack how do you come in here and tell me that it was me when i telling you it wasn't and he just told you it was and when jack told him you know, his demeanor changed and his attitude changed. But I'm like, yo.
1: Right, then he had to back off. Right. It's
2: too early for this.
1: I was, I just read a article written on, it was on medium.com by a man. He didn't identify himself by his name, but he said he was a, a cop for many years. And he basically went into how the, just the culture of police kind of predisposes them to screw up people's rights. And they you know, they're not, they're not going into rich neighborhoods doing this stuff because you know right. they know <laughs> they know that, you know, they can fight back. And you know, it's been interesting out here in Seattle, protesters have actually occupied like a six block area of one of the most gentrified neighborhoods in the city and originally there was a lot of conflict and then a few days ago, I guess the city just pulled the police back. They just the police just withdrew from the whole area. I mean, they had a precinct there yeah. they evacuated it and so now they're, I guess, trying to negotiate.
2: Right. No, it's and, crazy. It's crazy everywhere. It's the same in every, you know, everywhere. Even in, overseas and stuff like that, I've seen videos. It seems like everybody um, is, or, you know, a lot of people are, are pretty active right now. And, um, and it's continuing. I think that, you know, people are saying that it's dying down and media, media is saying it's down, down. But, you know, people, people are still out every day, you know.
1: Yeah, I think what's died down, the conflict has died down because apparently the, the what happened here in Seattle has been in a lot of other cities too, where the police are just withdrawing, yeah, and so there's you know there's no fight, and you know the protesters it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and I'm afraid to be completely blunt, my prediction is that nothing is going to change. and I say that because we've gone through this so many times, and nothing has changed. But, I, you know, I, I hope that's wrong, and, and I think I think there's a lot of determination this time in the groups to keep doing things. Like today, there's another march here in Seattle. And today, I don't know about around the country, but in Washington State, it's a statewide day of action, which is why I decided to do this, this podcast on the topic because right. I don't right. – I, I can't – for one thing, COVID-19 has me not willing to go be part of any kind of mass action. Right. But, you know, I, I could do this. and
2: Right, yeah, absolutely. I do wanna, People are doing it different ways.
1: Right. And I guess one thing, like, the search for solutions is always my thing. What, great, we know this situation sucks, but what can we do about it? And what can we do about it? And I, I think, I guess one thing I'm going to talk about, and I don't know if you, you know, how much you've heard or thought of it, is the concept of defund the police. Right. And when you hear, when you hear that, like, when I first heard it, I'm like, what, are you crazy? We, we need somebody to enforce the law. But it's it's a nuanced concept and for one most big city police departments they get way more money than they need it's like they're like the military budget of local budgets they get right. all kinds of money and and they spend it on all this crazy equipment um, and like for example Seattle they have helicopters and I always know when there's some kind of protest in the city because there's three helicopters up there and they hover around right. and it's it drives me Insane. the 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 sound that they make drives me nuts, and you know, they have all the equipment. So the idea to defund the police is they don't they shouldn't be having all this stuff for just when people are exercising their lawful First Amendment rights, and they don't need this stuff for their their core mission, So let's not spend the money on all that and give them these weapons that they then like the military want to go ahead and use. So That's part of it. Another part is a lot of the functions that we need that police do they're not good at, like responding to homeless situations, responding to where there's somebody who's having a, you know, um, where it's a mental health issue and a guy with a gun on his hip isn't who you need showing up. And so the the people want to defund the police. They want to form reaction units that are made of mental health experts to go out to these kinds of situations. And...
2: I've seen a lot of that. I've seen, you know, people ask or asking that pro uh, sorry, not processes, um asking that social workers go, um, you know, for some of for a dispute like a, right you know, that that would that would that would cost for a social worker and you know therapists, like if there's someone in the house who,
1: you know, may have
2: an mental illness, um, sending sending something like that instead of, you know, the police. I I understand all of it. I've been reading a lot on it too because it mm-hmm. is like it's kind of it's it's fairly new to me as well. I took a break from social media and all that um, for a while just because it was it was hard. It was hard to be on there, but as I get back into it, I have seen you know more stuff like that. So it is it's interesting. I gotta read more and educate myself more. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. It's that it's you know monuments are being um, taken down uh, all over the U.S. You know the Confederate flag right. banned by the I think it's the Army and the Navy and stuff like that. So, yeah, a lot of different things going
1: on right now. And that shocked me. I was like, when I read that the Army and the Navy weren't going to be using the Confederate battle flag anymore, I was like, what the fuck are they doing using it anyway? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy, right? That is insane. And, And I hadn't even thought about the forts, like Fort Bragg and Fort Hood, naming U.S. Army forts after Confederate generals. I mean, these guys fought against the United States. Right. They were traitors to the United States, and we're honoring them. It, this makes no sense to me. But course, I'm not a That's Southern crazy, white yeah. male, so you know.
2: But I'm from um, I'm from Stone Mountain, Georgia, and Stone okay. Mountain is, uh, it's like a big you know, big mountain, big rock. Right engraved in it is I think three or four, you know, Confederate leaders, and a lot of like I went there probably every weekend as a kid, um, not knowing not knowing a whole lot, you know about it probably too young for it now but just thinking back like that's 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 demoralizing
1: yeah
2: uh they have a laser show i think saturday nights and it's it's pretty much just a from what i can remember seeing it it was just a tribute to you know the confederacy and and the war Mm -hmm. Uh, and so i don't even know like how do you even pretend that they you know we're going to take how do you even take that down that's a huge like you would have to blow everything up on the Right. I don't even know. Um, so, like, some of the things are tough, but like you know, it is crazy because it's it's 2020, and some of these things are just not happening. I know. It's weird, but you know, we gotta we gotta win. I guess little battles. Right. I'm am like you, or I'm a bit, you know, pessimistic to seeing any any real change in my lifetime, and I, and so I guess the goal then becomes to try to make it better. I don't have any kids, but you know, make it better for people younger than me. Um, and when I do have kids, make it better for my kids, stuff like that. You know, pull, pull forward, pull, put full effort in there um, in that way.
1: Right. Yeah, I, you know, I grew up in Connecticut and in the 70s, and I remember, for one thing, I was in third grade before I actually saw a black person in the flesh.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> this family moved in to the town... And their child was in our class, and that was the first I'd ever seen. And we we had him over, me and a couple friends. You know, he he came over one day, and it must have been really a culture shock for him. Looking at, back on it, he must have been extremely uncomfortable. I just remember he was very quiet, and his parents were very nice. But I think I invited him once more after that, and you know, he... he they politely decline, but I, I must, such an experience. Yeah. Odd experience. That happened to me in
2: Poland while I was in Poland playing. Um, there was a a woman and she was not, not, she was just kind of staring, um, no, with no real look on her face, kind of Mm -hmm. a blank look. And, you know, one of my teammates let me know that that was probably her first time because her, you know, I was in a special, like, that was probably her first time seeing someone black, um and i think it happened to a guy uh who played in new zealand you know the year before me is like a woman came up to him and was like i've never seen a black man before is it, you know it's it's pretty crazy like concept to to think about
1: mhm yeah you know when it, it, the thing with symbols and what a lot of people need to understand is symbols can mean different things to different people and you know i had a i had a confederate battle flag when i was in high school but to me it was the rebel flag and i was a rebel And I didn't, wasn't conscious of any of the other connotations for it, because, again, I wasn't really, I wasn't a Southerner. until I I had a friend, when I first got to UVA, came over to my apartment, and we had been friends before he came over to my apartment. He's a a black dude. And uh, so, like, after a night, he's like, dude, I got to talk to you about something, you know, that flag. I explained what it meant to me. I was like, oh, because I, I didn't know what to think, because, you know, I knew you and everything. And I didn't think you thought it, but that—that's you know, a flag represents slavery and all that. And I was like, oh damn. So I, you know, I took it down and had to find some other symbol for rebellion. <laughs> but right, you know, it—it's to me, no, it it it's is. shameful that you know people can't recognize. Oh, okay, no, this symbol means something very different to these other people and how they feel ha- needs to be important to me.
2: There's a huge Confederate flag. Well, every time I drive to Seabrook for uh, training or to visit or whatever, there's a huge flag on about exit 136, and it's chilling. When when you see them, you just don't feel safe, don't want to get pulled over in that area, don't want to stop and get gas in that area. Right. Uh, and, you know, at some point it becomes second nature, but that's pretty sad that it, that it gets to that point.
1: Yeah, like imagine if, you know... The, for Jewish person seeing a massive swastika flag, I, it's it should be something that white Americans can understand. I right. would hope it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing.
2: Right. That's been the example I've seen a lot on Twitter. Is like this is, you know, you would never, you would never see that, or you would never, you know, be okay with that. I don't right. understand what's different here. I've seen that a lot. Yeah.
1: Right. All right. Well, I don't want to hold you too much. So what are you? What's what's next for you? I'm going, I'm going back to Europe. Um,
2: been talking to my agents, just trying to get things figured out, and hopefully we'll be signed here, uh, so I can just enjoy my summer and keep working out and stuff like that. But I'll be around. Uh, I live in Virginia now, uh, which is great. So I'm down the street from from Charlottesville, a place where I, you know, always want to be close to, probably for the rest of my life. But yeah, trying to figure, you know, stuff out with this mm-hmm. signing petitions, supporting black owned businesses, and. Great. Um, trying to stay trying to stay inside as far as you know coronavirus I don't have the greatest immune system yeah uh, right, oh, as right. We can tell, through my four years of college yeah. um, so just trying to stay inside and make sure I stay healthy and in shape and all that good stuff
1: that's right your immune system was a matter of concern to the entire UVA um, <laughs> community
2: yeah <laughs> that... all, it felt like all four years it was something that popped up and was like
1: right man I just remember so, yeah, not keep... gonna 2016 17 when you got really sick
2: yeah yeah exactly my third year
1: that i think it was that that overtime miami game that did you in
2: uh i don't even remember at times it's such a bug this is when i was sick i couldn't really focus on anything losing weight too fast had no energy and stuff like that so right yeah not the greatest immune system but that's okay we're taking vitamins and drinking a lot of water and staying inside so all
1: right well thanks again say and um I'll definitely try to get you back at the end of the summer and see if you've had a chance to observe or even knock heads with uh, the incoming freshmen.
2: Yeah, no, it'll be good. I uh, I actually saw the the big fella Francisco, um, and he's improved a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay. so I'm I'm really excited for him this year, uh, just because I know how tough it is to sit out and you know with injuries and stuff like that. So I saw him and he looked really good in the workout and all that stuff.
1: So that's good. Good. All right, Jose. You be safe. All right, man. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. We can
0: never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. (laughs) This is wrong.
1: In a terrible irony, there was another police shooting in Atlanta the very night after Isaiah and I recorded that segment. We recorded on Friday during the day, the early afternoon Seattle time, and that night, in Atlanta, police officers were called because a man was sleeping in his car, obstructing people trying to get their food in the drive through line at Wendy's. And they were appropriately called, the man was sleeping, and I'm sure he had a lot of alcohol in his system. And after a period of trying to talk to him, they dragged him physically from his car, and he freaked out. The crime that he committed that got him killed was taking an officer's taser firing it desperately behind him as he ran away, throwing it, and then running. And he was shot and killed. The incident demonstrates everything that's wrong with our current model of policing, things that Isaiah and I talked about, things that are being talked about by anybody who's trying to find solutions for this problem. We need to not be sending white cops armed with guns to respond to everything, which just kind of kicks the irony up a little bit more from that incident is it was in Atlanta, which is where Isaiah went to high school. Isaiah is from Georgia. So here we are. We're having a conversation. And then that night in his home, or his family's home, and, of course, Malcolm Brogdon also from that area, and Malcolm has been outspoken and trying to be a leader on this issue, as with everything else, that young man always trying to be a leader. It's got to stop. These protests... Even as these protests are going on, and as more and more Americans are saying this has to stop, the black men are still dying. The black men are still dying at the hands of white policemen who are poorly trained. They're well trained for protecting themselves and inflicting damage on on anybody that they see as a threat, but they're poorly trained for dealing with the community. And you know what? As the man said in the article I alluded to that was on Medium.com, They scoff at the training about how to deal with the community and de-escalate and not be biased. They scoff at that. They don't pay attention to it. Something has to change. The words in the intro to this podcast were spoken by Malcolm X back in the 60s. The words that you just heard before I started talking were Martin Luther King talking back in the 60s about the problem of police brutality. The problem was old then. In 1917, in St. Louis, read about what happened. In 1921, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they had what was called Black Wall Street, an area of the city that blacks had built up to be a highly prosperous, well developed economic zone. They were creating wealth. What happened? Whites destroyed it. Why? Why? The police, the city, And the white people of Tulsa destroyed it. They dropped bombs on it. They leveled the area, killing hundreds, if not more. I had never heard about this incident until this last year. I'm a history buff. Why did I never have any clue that this had happened? Because we don't teach it. This stuff should be taught in the schools. What makes it even more disgusting is that all this shit happens and is condoned and conducted by people who call themselves Christians, who talk about this being a Christian nation. Well, I'm not a Christian. I don't call myself a Christian, but I was brought up. I've read the Gospels. I had years and years of sermons in a Catholic church. I know what it means to be a Christian. And these people are not Christians. And if you aren't outraged by this treatment and if you don't want solutions and if you're not interested in turning this society into one that's based on love and justice and treating people well, then you're not a Christian. And don't fucking call yourself a Christian. If you don't want in your heart and in your bones and in your soul to help turn this into a society that's based on love and where the killing stops and where we take care of each other and where we care more about the lives of children and families who are just trying to get through this life, no matter where they come from, no matter what the color of their skin is, if you're less interested in that than in the profits of major corporations or another billion dollars for Jeff Bezos... Or, or you're vacation home? Don't call yourself a Christian. Don't claim to honor people like Martin Luther King. Because you don't. It has got to stop. UVA community, we need to listen to our athletes. Isaiah and I talked about, remember back in 2017, I think it was when a when team took a knee on the court in practice, and it was photographed, black and white, and it was published. They took that knee in support of Colin Kaepernick and in support of all their other brethren. Colin Kaepernick was right. And they destroyed his career. Oh, Nike gave an endorsement. Nike. That's a great corporation. But anyway, nothing happened then. Something needs to happen now. Listen to the athletes. Listen to Chase Coleman. He's wearing a shirt. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Black men continue having to cry that out. I can't breathe while white cops are choking the life out of them. And this society is choking the life out of our black people. And we need to stop. We need to stop. We need to get our knee off of their necks. We need to care about somebody but ourselves. Listen to Charles Snowden. There's mostly white crowds that he plays in front of. They're happy to cheer him on on the the field. They have his back on the field. What about when he's out on the street? We need to care about that. You heard Isaiah talk about the police rolling up on him and asking him, do you go here, show me your ID? That was wrong. They had no right to do that. They had no right to roll up on a man who's just walking down the street and demand his ID? Fuck them. They have no right. They have no right to come to his door and do what they did. And that's minor stuff. Isaiah knows himself. That was minor stuff. But it's still wrong. People shouldn't be in their yard. It's disgusting what's exploded in this country since Trump got elected. And if you voted for him, I hope you realize you made a mistake. I know a lot of people voted for him for reasons other than racism. They were misguided. They were misled. They made a mistake. If you know you made a mistake and you're determined to vote for whoever is against him and get that fucker out of office, then fine. If you intend to vote for him, you are the problem. If you intend to vote for him, I hope that everything that you condone, everything that you support happens to you, falls on you. pox in your house. Don't call yourself a Christian. We need to listen to our athletes. Listen to Malcolm Brogdon. If you cheer these guys on the court and you call yourself their supporters, you need to take this issue seriously. You need to listen to them, and you need to honor their right to speak out, honor their right to be left alone by the police, honor their right to be treated the exact same way you and I are treated and expect to be treated. See, the only reason I have a problem with white privilege, my problem with it is it refers to a privilege, that whites have a privilege, when really what they mean is blacks are denied a right. Blacks have the right to be treated the exact same way that whites are Blacks deserve white privilege. It's people privilege. It should be, but they're right. There are a lot of intelligent, thoughtful, dedicated young black men and women in this country. I know middle-aged and old black men and women with some great ideas, stuff that I've never was exposed to until I started exploring and investigating like socialism. There are a lot of highly intelligent young black socialists who are pushing to change this world, to change the paradigm. And this issue is just part, of, it's just part of the system of exploitation and domination that's going to destroy the world. A system run by people who are willing to let the world burn for another billion dollars in their investment accounts that they never need. And we go along and the system rests most heavily on black men and women, especially young black men. I'm tired of it. And I hope you're tired of it too. Contact your representatives at all levels. City council state legislature, Congress. Tell them you want the police department as it is abolished. And you want a new community service paradigm. You want the functions that we have the police do now. Analyze and examine to see who would actually be best to do those things and assign those functions to the right people. Let's take this money that we're spending on helicopters to terrorize the whole fucking city. And spend it on education. We're cutting arts and music out of all of our schools. Now we're even cutting sports out. And we're giving the police helicopters and RV. RV, The police have an RV. Remember that line from fucking Die Hard? Assault vehicles. All that stuff that they have. That we saw them using on people. We need to lose it. We don't need heavily armed police. For every movie bank robbery that real police deal with. They kill a thousand black men. So tell your city council to get rid of the police department as it is and to come up with a community base. Tell your your state legislature they need to reform their investigative and their state police too. Same thing. Maybe abolish it. Maybe change it. Training needs to be totally changed. Recruitment needs to be totally changed. You need to stop hiring the bullies and tell your congressmen to force change on the lower levels. But also tell your congressmen, customs and border patrol? DEA, ICE, FBI, they're just as bad. They're full of racists. They're oppressing people. They've been oppressing people for 50 years. The FBI has such a great image because of TV, TV shows and movies, but you know what they really do? They support the conservative ideology. They spy on, they infiltrate progressive anti-war organizations. Anybody who's somewhat left-leaning, that's, that's their real target. It's been that way ever since the beginning. So we need to demand from our representative real change. And I support the protesters. We all should. We all should get out in the street at least once. That's my goal for myself, to get myself out there with my mask and stay six feet away from everybody else but be out there. We need to keep the pressure on the system. Sports don't matter. They could. They do a little bit. But our athletes matter more. We need to listen to them. And we need to look at what we see and demand change. The killing has to stop. We're going to hear some more words of Martin Luther King 50 years ago. And we thought so much progress was being made. You know, progress was made for a while. But I think we have to look around us and see. It's all been lost. We need to have a dream. Wake up from this nightmare. Peace out.